0: The voice of reason, the voice of alarm, the voice of stats, the voice of scouts, the voice of Kool-Aid, the voice of dismay, the voice of Dave O. Three runs on four hits, no errors for the Royals. Two runs on four hits, no errors for the Angels. This my friends is playoff baseball as we welcome you in to another edition, another victorious edition. Of Clubhouse Conversation, Devo with postseason dish number two, and damn, it feels good. Everyone, and rightfully so, talking about Mike Moustakis unloading in the 11th inning off of Salas. Going yard, the game-winning home run for the Royals and the second of two key at-bats of the night, which we'll detail as we dig in here to your dish. We'll break this one down very in-depth and then preview tomorrow's game to tell. But let's go over this one and talk about how it was a complete team victory. Not just Moose tonight. Moose is like one of eight or nine guys that really directly helped in winning this game for the Royals. And had one of those eight or nine guys not done their job, the Royals had no chance tonight. The, the Royals played a, a damn good game tonight. I'm very, very impressed tonight with the Royals. A team victory to a T. Now, and, and some will try to say baseball. I hear this all the time for people who don't watch it a lot or who don't like it a lot. Some will say. Well, baseball is more of an individual sport. It's just the pitcher and catcher and a hitter. It's not a team sport. It's not like basketball or football. You know what? BS. Some of the time that's true. There's certain games where it does kind of become an individual game. And there's certain teams probably that are more so individual teams than actual teams. But the Royals, if you look up in the baseball dictionary the term team, the Royals should be in there. The 2014 Royals should definitely be in there. Because... I mean, let's go through the average Major League team, the Royals him to face. And we'll just talk position players only right now. It seems like if you look at most Major League teams, especially in the American League, let's just think about the average American League team. Most lineups have two great position players, don't they? The majority of them. And then there's a couple really good players. And then the other five are basically mediocre or below. The Royals, on the other hand, have zero great position players. I'm talking all around. Defensively, absolutely. Some guys with their speed, absolutely. But I'm talking all around. Most teams have two great position players. A couple really good and you know four or five mediocre to below average. The Royals have zero great. I would say a couple really good players with guys like Gordon and Perez come to mind off the top of your head. And I mean, escobar getting there yeah absolutely he's really good for sure so you know two or three really good ones for the royals and then they have a whole bunch of good ones like i so there's three categories for most teams great really good and mediocre to below average the royals have basically in my mind i mean i'm not going to name names maybe one guy out there on the field is below average or mediocre the majority of this royals lineup is good or above they're not great players, but they're all pretty much good or really good, and that to me means the Royals are more of a team than most teams are. Most teams rely on look at a team like Detroit, who essentially has, well, I mean, I, I don't know, three, two giant bats, maybe three, and then a nice player like Kensler. I consider to call. I'm not calling Kensler a great player at this point. I'm not calling him that. So I mean, you just look at a team like that, for example. I don't know. I guess they're not really an average team. My point was to to name an average team. Who's an average team? I don't know. It doesn't really matter. My point in this whole argument is that the Royals are a true team, and it showed tonight out there. And I think more so than most teams, they're a team. Now, pitching-wise, by the way, Casey is great. They've got more than two great pitchers. Just go in that bullpen, you can find three down there for the whole season that are established, and even a guy like Finnegan in the short term is looking great at the moment. And rotation, and you've got three guys that you can call great. And it, I mean, it showed tonight, so, but, but, but let's start with the offense because normally we talk about pitching and defense of this Royals team, and believe me, we're going to talk plenty about that tonight because there was plenty of that, but for once, let's kind of pay ode to the offense to start with the offense tonight. Now, the three runs on four hits, looking at the box score or tuning in and out of the game, makes it look like the Royals struggled, didn't do anything well, had bad at-bats. Not the case, though. The 9Ks aren't great, obviously. You look at the 9Ks, you're thinking, well... You know, 9Ks, 4 walks, I mean, not great. But, I mean, for Casey, as we know, 4 walks, decent. I mean, one of them was intentional to Alex Gordon once he got ahead in the count 2-0 and o after Gore ripped off second. But three runs on four hits, 9Ks, I thought the Royals had a good approach in this game against Weaver outside of the 6th and 7th innings. 6th and 7th innings, the Royals seemed to kind of lose focus and get back in their hacktastic ways there briefly. But, I mean, overall, against Weaver, the Royals had some nice at-bats. I saw Salvador Perez have much better at-bats tonight. Much better, laying off some pitches. And he had one of the key at-bats in the game. There's about five of them. We'll talk about his at-bat a bit later. Escobar had a key at-bat and Fonte. I mean, there are some guys out there, Moose two tremendous at-bats, working the count, waiting for their pitch, and doing their best. I thought Escobar was not his normal self tonight, swung at a number of pitches outside of the zone en route to the Ks that he had tonight, finished with three Ks tonight, did Escobar. But overall, I mean, just good at-bats tonight. And you got to give L.A. credit. Their bullpen was filthy outside of Salas later on, but the bullpen was also damn good. So the Royals were facing legit pitchers. Now, no more than one Royal had one hit. They all, There was just one hit for Casey out of four guys in the lineup. Escobar, Aoki, Gordon, and Moose had the Royals' four hits tonight. But a few great at-bats, like I said. Let's start with Moose, the first of two giant ones tonight. It was the top of the third inning, 0-0 game, and if you think back to that inning, Weaver, I mean, after getting hit fairly hard in the first couple of innings, I mean, Kane had a blistering shot to third base in the first inning. That would have been a a run-scoring double before, ultimately, Aoki was picked off first, and I mean, you know, another run around base in the second. And then in the third inning, you get two strikeouts to start the inning. Not looking great, right? It looks like maybe Weaver's settling in after Salvi and Omar go down. But then Mike Moustakis, a six-pitch at bat, laying off some tough pitches. Draws the walk. Bravo. And then Alcides Escobar, Kia bat number two of the game, obviously, picks on one of very few balls up in the zone tonight. And granted, I wasn't sitting behind home plate like I normally do here in town. So I'm watching on TV. Granted, it's HD, and I'm you know it's a big TV. But obviously, I'm not sitting at the game. So it's tough for me to say exactly how many pitches were up. But I counted maybe four balls the whole night that were up for the Royals. I mean, the ball was just not up. Escobar picked on one of the few ones, hit it over Hamilton's head in left field, who luckily tried to make the play, which allowed Moustakas to score when the ball bounced away, when he kind of crashed into the fence. I don't know that Moose would have scored had Hamilton just kind of played it for a double and not tried to catch it. Uh, so a small, small break there. But, hey, you make your own breaks. L.A.'s game is not defense as much as the Royals is. So key at bats there. And Then in the fifth inning, after L.A. comes back and ties it, Alex Gordon, a double to center. Mike Trout lost it in the lights briefly. I still was not totally convinced he would have caught that like Ernie Johnson seemed to be. Probably would have. Again, I wasn't sitting there in the stands watching it, so I didn't see the whole wide angle. To me, it looked like he also looked like he was going to deke Alex. It so wouldn't make much sense to deke him. To me, it was almost like though he thought it was going to be a single and tried to play it into a single to keep Alex from going, too. But who knows? Either way, it was a double. That's all that matters. And then two tremendous at-bats and two after that. Salvi, who we just mentioned a second ago for having better A-Bs tonight. A seven-pitch at-bat, and then on a 2-2 pitch, what Salvi does is hit the ball to deep left, missing a home run by, what, eight feet? A day game there in Anaheim. The ball's gone for a two-run shot. Either way, got the job done. Gordon, nice base running. Tags, goes to third. Bravo. We talked about coming into this series and all season, how the Royals had to move guys from second base and nobody out, and third base and one out, and get them home to win games in the postseason. There were one chance tonight. They did it. Lead-off double, them to third on that. Omar Infante, another great at bat then. A sack fly to center. Great job. you got to do that in the postseason, because you're facing really good pitching. Number one, and obviously number two, as we talk about every night, the Royals' offense is their Achilles' heel. So they got the job done. And then finally, another key at bat, the fifth one of the night, overall ends up being Mike Moustakis in the 11th inning off of Fernando Salas, former Cardinal. Thank you very much. No hits for the Royals from the 6th to 10th innings. Not a single one. And Moose, as I never publicly said it, I said it to myself, so I'm not going to totally take credit for it, but I, I called the home run to myself, just so you know, just telling you. I said, Moose might go deep here. I'm feeling it. The Royals are overdue for a home run. Just had a feeling there. And Moose picked it out a pitch after getting ahead in the count. Took it deep. And that's the first extra inning postseason home run in Royals history. Can you believe that? First extra innings postseason home run in Royals history. And that's only the second extra innings home run of this season. Can you remember the other one, by the way? Because I couldn't. I had to look it up. There was one other extra innings home run this season by Moose back in April at Houston in the 11th inning. So offensively tonight, again, you know, you look at the numbers, they aren't that great, but considering the pitching the Royals were facing, the type of game this was, I was impressed. Nice job by the Royals tonight offensively. Now pitching and defense, tremendous tonight. The defense was even better than the Royals pitching. And we'll start with Jason Vargas, who was good tonight, very good. And let's be honest, most of us in Royals Nation, myself included, weren't totally sold on Jason Vargas pitching game one with all the power and and extremely talented right-handed bats that the Angels have and the fact that they've done pretty well against him. Now, the other side of that, the optimist point of view, is he's done really well in that ballpark and, you know, has been good over the span of the whole season and was due for a start. You know, seven days rest. So there was both ways to look at it. It worked out. Give Nandios credit. Give Whoever else was involved, the coaching staff, give them all credit. Ned Yost, Dave Island, I'm assuming Dayton Moore might have had a small part in that. I mean, give them all credit. They proved us wrong. He did the job. Vargas was awesome tonight. Six innings, two runs, just three hits, walked one, struck out two. The the only negative on Vargas' report card tonight is that he did allow, he didn't have a shutdown, no shutdown endings after the Royals scored. They scored twice for him, and he gave it right back the next half ending with solo shots allowed to David Freeze and Chris Ionetta. So the only negative tonight was the non shutdown endings. The Royals get you a run, you give it right back both times. That was kind of a letdown. So that's the one negative for Vargas overall. But six innings, two runs, I'll take that all postseason against anybody, let alone on the road against the Angels. Now, one thing I do want to say is that. And not trying to beat a dead horse with Nettie but I thought it was very questionable to allow Jason Vargas to face Howie Kendrick in that sixth inning with two outs and runners at first and second. After a Cole Calhoun single, and then you walk Pujols. So you've already let him face a couple, I mean, so uh, quite a few right-handed hitters in that inning. You know, Trot's a right-handed hitter. Pujols, a right-handed hitter. And then you have another one coming up in Kendrick. Already two guys on. Herrera's warm. I don't know. Maybe the Royals, maybe we'll find out later they knew Herrera had a sore forearm because eventually he'd come out, and I guess we knew warming up that Duffy had that. When you go back to that start at Toronto, was Toronto, wasn't it? When he re I believe it was Toronto. Wasn't it? Toronto? Whatever. We found out later that they kind of knew it going in. I don't know if they did because Salvi noticed it right away and pointed to the dugout, and maybe that's why they didn't bring him in with guys on bases. Only thing I can think of. I don't know. Otherwise, it makes no sense to me to leave in a tired Vargas. Tiring. I mean, he's only at 70 some pitches, but in that situation with the right-handed hitter in the game on the line of Herrera Warren. But it, it worked out when Nori makes the play of the year for the Royals. And I'm not saying it was the best play of the year. I mean, it might have been. There's been some great de- you know, some great defense. It'll be in the montage. But no doubt the biggest play of the year, if not the best. The biggest. Lorenzo Cain thinks he's going to get that ball in right center. Off the bat of Kendrick in the first pitch from Vargas and that A.B. And Nori. I don't even know. I don't even think he knew he had it at first. It was almost like he just closed his eyes and put his glove up, like the kid in Little League that plays right field is playing with dandelions between pitches, and, and the ball comes to him and he just closes his eyes and prays it doesn't hit him and it goes in his glove. <laughs> that was almost what it was like. But but then Nori makes another nice catch later, and then the very next inning to save another run. And so man, I mean, again, give that Yost credit. I mean it worked out. I still think it was a bad move, but it worked out. Yost had a good game tonight overall. Another questionable decision we'll talk about here in a second, uh, but I mean besides the two plays by Nori Lorenzo Kane leading out the game, Are you kidding me? Uh, it robs Cole Calhoun of a double, maybe a triple. I thought you know the, the other one, this sliding catch he made coming in the fourth was nice. I thought Omar Infante had a nice bare hand and a bad hop in the infield to make a play. Haas, couple nice plays. Eske on the trout ball on the hole in the tenth. Runner at first, nobody out. You make that backhand of play and get the out at second. Of Calhoun, that's big. Bullpen overall was shaky for their standards, but they got it done. Kelvin, like we said, one batter walked him to lead off the seventh. Forearm soreness takes him out. I don't know what's going to go on with that. You know what? I don't even. I don't know if he's out for the rest of the series. If they pull him, or if he's out for the postseason, I don't. I don't know how that works. I, I need to figure that out. If you can just pull him out for the series, you obviously do it tomorrow and get another arm in here. Some, you know, will dream that it'll be Kyle Zimmer. After seeing Fenigan, I doubt that happens. Highly doubt that happens. More likely it's Aaron Crow to be completely honest with you. But if uh, if you can just pull him out for this series, you probably do it. Because the series is over in, what, five days either way? And if he's got forearm soreness now, I'm probably going to need at least two or three days. I don't know. We'll see. They'll play it day by day, I'm sure. I doubt the Royals make a move before they get back to Kansas City. My guess is they just play tomorrow minus Herrera in that bullpen. And then just make a, a decision on him before the game on Sunday. We'll see. Hopefully, Kelvin's okay. I mean, we need him; he's big now. Thankfully, we got Brandon Finnegan in the fold now, and he got both hitters he faced out tonight. And then Wade Davis, with the help of that, you know, the Aoki catch, gets out of the seventh. And then a self-imposed trouble in the eighth gets out of that. And then the other questionable decision: I have no clue why Tim Collins started the ninth inning with Danny Duffy available at the time. Collins came in, I didn't criticize it because I thought to myself, "Well, Duffy's hurt, obviously, because he's not starting one of the first four games. He didn't come out of the relief the other night." He's not coming out tonight with Tim Collins coming in, who's in Omaha the majority of the year, who wasn't even in, he wasn't even really a September call up. He was like a mid-September call up, and somehow he's pitching in the ninth inning of a tie game in the ALDS. I thought to myself, well, Duffy must be injured, so I'm not going to get pissed at that, you know upset at Ned on this one. Odd that we find out the next inning Duffy's available, but I digress. Tim Collins again got the job done. Nieves batted a thousand tonight. Didn't make any moves that blew up in his face. So. We can second guess him, and that's part of the game. But it worked out tonight for Ned, so I'll give him credit for that tonight. Tim Collins gets out of that inning in the ninth with the help of Jason Frazier. And then the tenth inning, Danny Duffy. So great to see him come in. A scoreless tenth with one hit and a K. And then one, two, three for Holly. Thanks to Paul Nauert on the assist, home plate umpire, for ringing up Ibar on. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't even appeal, but <laughs> whatever. He was gonna strike out anyways. He wasn't gonna get on. Holland was filthy tonight. Not to mention, uh, earlier in the game, he bunted at a ball. Did Ibar was it Ibar? Who was that? It wasn't Ibar. It was um, was it Calhoun? Whoever tried to lay that sack bunt down earlier in the game. <laughs> I mean, it gets Wade Davis popped up and uh, bunted through a ball that they called a ball on the appeal. So I mean, it kind of, kind of evened out. I mean, not really, but we'll just say it did. It didn't matter. Key stat of the night for L.A., definitely the leadoff runners not getting home. I mean, imagine if the Royals did this tonight. (laughs) Four innings in a row of leadoff runners being on and didn't score. Imagine if we'd be having a meltdown tonight, wouldn't we? Especially with a a bunt mixed in there, you know, a couple bunts mixed in there. Two times they tried to bunt a runner to second base. We'd be having a heyday, wouldn't we? Seventh inning, David Freeze walks. Eighth inning, Chris Iannetta walks to leadoff. Beckham hit by the pitch in the ninth, barely. Against Tim Collins, but he was. Cole Calhoun, the clean single in the 10th. Four innings in a row, the Angels with leadoff hitters didn't score. KC wins. That's the stat of the night there. Credit the Royals. I mean, gosh. That, that's what I'm saying. It was a team effort tonight. Think back to all the individual plays. I mean, from Nori making the two catches that both saved the game. I mean, Kane, if he doesn't make that catch in the first inning, that's going to be a run there with those guys coming up that they had. That saved a run. Right there, the defense has saved two, three, four runs. It's hard to exactly measure, but I'm just going to say two or three runs were saved by our defense tonight. Easy. So the defense making big plays. Those are two guys right there. Then you look at guys like Moose and his at-bats. That's a third guy that plays a huge role in the game tonight with the home run and the walk. Escobar getting on one of the few mistakes is a fourth guy that had to have something happen tonight for the Royals to win this game. Gordon getting on base, the nice base running. It's a fifth guy. You have Salvi and, and Fonte driving him in, sixth and seventh guys. We're just naming all the guys that directly won this game tonight for the Royals. And if, I'm telling you, if one of these guys didn't do their job, the Royals wouldn't have won. So why it's a team effort. That's We're at seven right now. Let's see, who are we forgetting here? Herrera, no. He didn't do anything tonight to help out because he got hurt. Um, coming out of the bullpen there, though, Fenegan did his job. If he doesn't get the guys out, that's eight. <laughs> Davis, nine. I mean, Frazier bails out Collins. That's ten. Duffy, the heart of the order, the right-handed bats coming up. Eleven. Hall. I mean, just there's like freaking. I mean, sure, some of this is just guys doing their job. Maybe I'm over-exaggerating it a little bit, but there's a good anywhere between seven to twelve guys, wherever you look at it, that had one individual play or certain situation that they got the job done and won the game tonight for the Royals. Now let's talk about tomorrow and the rest of the series here. So the Royals win. Can't. Begin to tell you. I mean, you know, you're not dumb. You know how big this is for the Royals tonight. can't believe you know. Can't begin to tell you though how how uh, how much pressure this takes off the Royals in Game Two, and how nice it is because now you come home, no matter what happens tomorrow in Game Two, you come home to KC, and you don't have to go back if you win both games in KC. You're guaranteeing yourself a chance to end this series in KC by winning one of two, especially that first one, because tomorrow you're going against a guy who's been on fire, Matt Shoemaker against Ventura tomorrow. Now. Shoemaker, the Royals have roughed him up as much as anybody this year. That's the good news. The bad news is these numbers are sick. 16 and 4 with a 304 for Shoemaker. 124 Ks, 24 walks. 100 more Ks than walks. Unreal control. 107 whip. Nasty for the right hander Shoemaker, the rook. Has faced KC twice with good results for the Royals both times. May 24th at home there in Anaheim. Five innings allowed three runs and eight hits. And the Royals rubbed him up big time here in KC on June 27th. Four innings, eight runs and eleven hits. So KC has handled him well. They know they know that. They know they've handled him well. They know that they're hot right now. And now what are they at? What, eight of eight of the last eleven? Eight of ten? Eight of eleven now. If you go back to that last game against Detroit, they've won, obviously, since the Chicago series. On fire. Three of four there. The wild card game, this one. So the Royals have won five of six. Two in a row, three in a row in big fashion. Two in a row are big games, postseason games. They have that game on Tuesday, which counts as like 10 games for the confidence it gives them. And the, the monkey that takes off their back, once again, pun intended, with the whole Angel, Riley, monkey thing. And then tonight, I mean, the Royals are proving they can win games in varieties of ways. And th- this young team, you can just see them getting more confident. And after a while, you keep hearing Denny Matthews say the word destiny a lot. It's almost like they're a team of destiny. I mean, isn't it? I mean, how But We'll reflect on the season later. I don't want to get too sentimental and too uh, big picture here. Well, they're kind of taking it game by game, series by series right now. But, I mean, gosh, you have to start wondering, is this a team of destiny? You have things that happen like Tuesday, and you have things like tonight where they get leadoff runners on four innings in a row. You have Noriyah Oki making defensive plays he's probably never made his whole life. I mean, you have overcome seven game deficits twice in the, divi- in, in the division, get back in first place. You overcome a horrible May, you re- reel off ten in a row. I mean, you just go back through this, think about the walk-off Billy Butler when he rejuvenated the whole team in August. It's almost like so many things have happened this year that just make you wonder. Finnegan comes up out of the College World Series, and now he is starting into one of your best pitchers down the stretch. I mean, Terrence Gore can't hit a lick in the minor leagues, comes up and you know, is single-handedly changing innings and games. I mean, you just go on and on the special things happening. It's fun. So tomorrow, what, what do we think? Game two. What's our prediction? I I called L.A. winning tonight. I thought they would win. I mean, who? How do you even predict this team? I'm so glad I was wrong tonight. Tomorrow, I don't know. Who the hell knows if they're gonna win tomorrow? You can't predict these things. I, I don't know why I try. I like K.C. tomorrow. I do. I like them. I, they've handled Shoemaker twice and maybe the third time is a charm. The Angels obviously know that tomorrow is a near must win. Even though they are the best team in the American League by record, if they get down 0-2, they're no dummies. They know big game James is in game three and you know, and they know there's two games in KC where the fans are going to be out of this world loud and into it and, and the Royals are hot right now. They know they can't get down 0-2. So tomorrow, I mean, gosh, if the Royals find somewhere to get out of town tomorrow with a win and come back to KC up 2-0, Wow. Let's hope it happens. Let's hope it happens. Let's take it one one game at a time. The important thing, like I said, is KC has guaranteed themselves a split, which they had to do. like We talked about last night. They had to do that. They've done that, and they've also now guaranteed that they can end this in Kansas City with wins in KC. We'll be back tomorrow again here for you on Clubhouse Conversation. Thank you for listening. I hope you're just as excited as I am. By the way, more interviews will return next week with Jose Rosado. Lots more. Right now, I'm so focused on the postseason, I, don't, I kind of want to hold off on the former Royals right now so they get the full credit and attention they deserve. And plus, they give you more stuff over the time, So we'll hold off for another week or two on the interviews, but plenty more to come here on Clubhouse Conversation. Tell a friend at Royals Clubhouse on Twitter. Subscribe on iTunes. Get it here on the website each night, Davos Dish, clubhouseconversation.com. Go Royals.